Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Record tomorrow morning because I'm up at nine. I'll record it and get it oh. to you guys. Sarah, how are you getting up so early? I'm, it's my body clock. Oh, Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Cents. If you haven't listened to one of our episodes before, it works like this. Selena, Nafisa and I each bring two topics to the roundtable that we'd like to hash out and debate as being either overrated or underrated and leave for our listeners to unpack. Even the most mundane of subjects can give way to often useful and layered perspectives. Um, before we begin with our first overrated, we'd like to highlight one of many causes on our minds here at Amalia this Ramadan. We've been working with Islamic Relief throughout the Holy Month, who've sponsored this episode to help raise awareness of the millions who are now coping with the spread of COVID-19, as well as the effects of war and poverty. Your sadaqah and zakat is needed now more than ever. You can head to islamic-relief.org.uk slash Ramadan to donate now and help save lives. Okay, thank you very much. Let's get started. Fantastic. Who wants to go first? Um... I'd like to go first. Um, can I start with an underrated, please? <laughs> so in the interest of Ramadan, we're keeping it short and brief. And I'd also like to let the listeners know that you're not going to hear from us for a while because we're all going on a break because we worked really hard in Ramadan. And, you know, if you miss us, there's lots of episodes, lots of content, lots of everything everywhere for you to indulge in. So well, you can have contact a lovely time. Us and if you'd like to sponsor us for a special podcast, we can do that. <laughs> so my first underrated, wow, what an underrated. Um so I'm gonna title it the impact of the patriarchy and how it affects how we navigate our Dean as Muslim women. And I'm doing this because I have a direct example that I am just so shocked at. Mm. Um, So earlier this week, um, I've been going to online tafsir classes um, by sister Ramesa. And Ramesa, you may also know her as she writes lots of content on Amalia. She wrote the incredible guide to praying Tarawih at home which has had hundreds and thousands of people reading um, and finding out how to pray Tarawih. And um, in one of her tafsir classes, she was talking about um, the importance of visiting the grave and how, you know, it's recommended for us to go and visit and it's like a good thing to do, right? Um, And then she like touched on the fact that- I actually love Ramesa. She's amazing, mashallah. One thing that she was saying is, you know, sometimes people might hear that old women can't visit the graveyard, old women can't go to funerals and things like that. Um, And she was, so I've always been under the, I've always been under the understanding of, so Shilu, do you know why someone would say um, women shouldn't go to the funeral or the graveyard? Do you know what, Oh, wait, Shilu, tell us what, what tell us heard, what you know first. Yeah, tell us what you know. I'm. Just, I feel like when I reveal what I know, everyone's gonna be like, "You don't know nothing about the." Dean. But it's not your fault. It's no, your fault. go on, go on. So, my understanding is women can't go to graveyard because we wail, right? When we grieve. Yeah. Okay. So this has been like the common thing, right? Like whenever we bring up this topic of like women going to the grave like I think this was in the 12 reasons piece as well of the person's being like Mm -hmm. I don't get it like why are we seen as these like uncontrollable wailing Mm -hmm. women right like why is that the reason why we can't go to the graveyard and she said that during the prophet's time yeah people non-muslims would hire wailing women 
So they would say, my dad's passed away. There's not enough people at my funeral. Can you come? Wail. And these women would be paid to come to the funerals to literally wail and like say poems about this person that has died, right? So it's a performative thing. So this whole like, you can't go to the grave because you're wailing women. It was because there were literally people that were employed <laughs> to wail to go to funerals and to go to graveyards and this all now makes sense in context because i always thought why are they making out like women are just like these you know uncontrollable creatures who will just be like singing around at the grave yeah and it's because there was a practice of that and this was all about like that practice shouldn't be happening so it was never about like individual women not being able to like compose themselves it was about the fact that there was a practice that was not a liked practice professional mourning lol oh wait no it's um wailing women are called to lead the people in expressions of grief the wikipedia page is called professional mourning let me just go quran okay in Egypt, when someone in the family dies, the women in the family would start, Egypt! The, <laughs> would start the lamenting process and the neighbours in the community would join throughout the day. Professional mourners would also come up and help lead the family in mourning by making grief-stricken shrieks, cherishing and reminiscing about the deceased, which I suppose is like the poetry, etc. A funeral dirge, I've never heard that word, um, or derg, is also performed by the mourners in which prayers are offered in the form of song or poetry, one of the teachings of Muhammad, peace be upon him, was that the sound of wailing women was forbidden, but modern Egyptian culture does not, need, does not heed to this part of the Quran as the wailing of mourners follow the body to the graveyard. All of this occurs within the same day or if the deceased were to pass away in the night of the following day. Okay, so even in modern day context, it's linked to like a, a wailing, like wailing performance. So it's so mad it's like i said yesterday like, like sorry, where have... was this where was this context all this time and that, that's what i'm saying i feel angry that like it's come from Ramesa in a random like um <laughs> tafsir. like tafsir class and it hasn't been spoken about like mainstream even regularly by like some of our biggest male scholars and speakers and stuff because this is not even like it's a momentary issue death happens every day having technical issues guys but we were basically we were googling we were googling professional mourners and they're like actually a thing especially from back in the day and especially in Egyptian culture where like they would start the wailing and they would encourage everyone else to come and join and pop you know what that's I think that's something in our culture because um basically back home um one of our neighbors there was they were mourning the loss of someone Mm. um and like one some of my family members saw me like bawling my eyes out like I was so sad and then they were like what did you know the person and I'm like, no, I don't know them because they were baffled. They're like, how can I know the person that comes here like once a month, once a year? Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't know them, but I'm just sad. I'm sad that, you know, somebody's died. And then they were just laughing at me because they don't, they weren't even sad and they weren't even crying yet. But I was like, I was in bits, guys. And then um, they were like, oh, they, you know what? You could, you could actually make a career out of this and you could. Um, be hired to go to people's funerals and I always thought, thought it was in jest but it is a thing. yeah so I was just doing a bit of research right and there's a um, so the background is that for example there's a custom in certain areas of Rajasthan mm. where women of a lower caste are hired as professional mourners upon the death of upper caste males and they're called Rudali, and which is translated into female weeper or weeping women. And their job is to publicly express grief of family members who are not permitted to display emotion due to their social status. I just can't believe it, guys. Well, look, I've carried on reading the Wikipedia page. It goes right back to ancient Egyptians. And they've even got hieroglyphs and stuff of like women wailing. So like beating their chest. <laughs> hands behind their neck and i'm just like god like 
you know, it stuff like this always makes me think. Whenever I come across something in Islam that I'm like, mm, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. I, I, I just default to, do you know what? I, the Allah that I know is just, mm. is merciful and, you know, doesn't see us as these like weird beings. Yeah. So there, there must be more, but it's just, it's just the struggle of trying to find out what is that more and who, yeah, where absolutely. do you go? Where do you, you know, it's not just a case of like, finding an Omar Suleiman talk and blah 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 like it's, it's just not that easy yeah is that thing that the 12 pieces said where yeah um that there needs to be like a body of like even female scholarship that we can yeah consistently rely on for like unpatriarchal is unpatriarchal yeah. a work word we'll make it a word yeah um, is that unpatriarchal <laughs> things yeah yes yeah because yeah, even even um even if you were to ask like your local imam like oh hi brother i've heard like women can't go to the graveyard i'm sure that lots of them would say yeah women aren't allowed yeah yeah totally totally you know and it um it just is and i know so many women that have felt like it's it's not fair and they're like hold on my granddad my father whoever Mm. it is like i don't get it and they felt like it's an injustice but have like just gone by it because they're like oh you know there must be wisdom here but you know say kabbalah and things like that and it yeah. it just feels like such an injustice that it it's is such a, yeah. i think you know what what you guys just said you hit the nail on the head i think what the reality is like it's part of the grieving process right mm. to be able to go to the grave and and whatever it is and there are thousands if not millions of women mm. who have been um, robbed of that mm-hmm. who have been you know that has been taken away from them and yeah. for for those that knowingly did it, you know, Allah is our judge, right? Yeah. And, and the, for those, but, and the thing is, like you just said, like if you went to your local mosque, they would probably say, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It, it, some of these kind of the this information is inherited and just passed down over yeah. centuries. Yeah, I think I feel yeah. like maybe there is a sense among like um, men who are often asked these questions, like not to break, not to be the one to break that yeah tradition yeah exactly because even even back home like you know how like we're talking about visiting the grave like we we see our like cousins like our male cousins and my dad and stuff visiting the graveyard where my grandparents are buried Mm -hmm. and I've always been like oh like can't we go but we what we have to do is we end up going to like my cousin's grandma's house and her the view from her house you can see the graveyard and they'll be like oh, oh wow so you proper have to do detour and like look at it from <laughs> yeah. they'll be like that tree over there can you see it that's where your granddad but do you know what but Naf, you know the reality is inshallah yeah. when we go next yeah if you and me turn around and say yeah we're going to the graveyard do you know what they're gonna think yeah these modern shodden westerners come in here you know what i mean i mean i'll never forget the day that my um cousin tried to tell me jannah is under the feet of your husband huh yeah come on now come on i was i flipped out no he said it with his chest he said sorry he was genuine and i had to look at my dad and i was like dad can you sort your nephew out because what is that what oh, no. is I was, my dad asked him there i was so angry sarah because he fully looked me in my face while we were eating dinner i was so angry peak that's do you know what generate the feet of your mother is in like nursery rhymes and stuff like <coughs> you can't really touch that that's brave to try and spin that one i do that was um excellent enough very strong Thank mashallah you. Thank you so much. Obviously, like, you know, disclosure, we're not alamans, we're not scholars, we're not sheikhs, we're not all of these things. But if we come across good and beneficial knowledge, we will obviously share it. But do your research as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I I think sometimes what's really interesting is there's inherent discomfort, I find, inherent discomfort to, like, take on these things because we're so used to, oh, but this is is what the ruling is or this is what the thing is, you know? And so you feel like there's a disobedience in in there, in even questioning that. it. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, Allahu alam, and you know, may Allah reward Ramesa for all her work that she does. I mean, Shilla, you ready for this tweet from Muslim Twitter this week? Someone said, "Yeah, I need your eye contact." 
Yeah. Says, I really be trying to kulu, kulu Allah who had my way into heaven. <laughs> oh, bless. But can we please just remind people that what is the blessings of the Kulhu Allahu Ahad? When does so it count as the whole Quran? Some people actually say it's like, a th- isn't it a third of the Quran or the yeah, whole Quran? It's true though, we all need to pick up and learn more du'as. Inshallah, next Ramadan, maybe go into the Ramadan knowing more than Kulhu Allahu Ahad. I mean, should I go for my overrated? Okay, I'm going to do it really quick. I've, I have to be honest, I've, I've gone for a reach for the stars in this one um but given that it's ramadan given that by the time you listen to this it'll be the last 10 days um inshallah i thought i'd make my overrated cancelling yourself for having a bad ramadan before it's over um so i you know it i think we're putting this out like the 10 days have already started <clears throat> and we might just have a few days left of Ramadan. You might be there like, oh, you know, I really felt this Ramadan. And you might just, that just might spiral you into doing even less than you were already doing or just mm-hmm. come into a halt. And <clears throat> I don't mean to use the word overrated, but, you know, the format is what it is. But um, I just would like to encourage people that if that is you, um, at the beginning of this Ramadan, I heard a talk um, by a sister called Tahira and she said, you know, have small deeds but lofty intentions. Mm. And she was talking about how, you know, you especially if it's, it's, if you're at this point of Ramadan and you're like, oh my God, I've done like nothing. Personally, I don't think this is the time for you to now be like, right, you could, you could, you could be right. I'm going to finish the Quran. I'm going to pray all of this, do this, do that. You could like, if that's in your capacity, um, but also like you can also do a lot in terms of good deeds with having the right intention. Um, and, you know, there's a, that every, one of the things you also said is that your deeds are weighed, not counted. So it's just coming back to that again and again, especially as we end our Ramadan. And that's not saying don't do like loads of deeds and don't do as much as you can, but it's just really, really having a word with yourself that like your Ramadan's not over, like don't let it, end before it's actually ended um so yeah that was that was it um i think sometimes i think we equate ramadan to the knowing that ramadan is accepted obviously there are like you can tell if your ramadan is, is exist uh, accepted apparently if like there is change um like if the change sticks basically yeah. in terms of like what is within our capacity like I think actually we should do even what is beyond our capacity yeah. in the sense like, you know, yeah, I, you know what, we should have these lofty intentions. And if I fail them, if I don't meet them, that's fine too, because mm. inshallah I will carry them um, out after Ramadan as well. Mm. It's fine to have these big, big kind of plans that you even don't meet. Obviously be realistic. If you're just having the plans, mm-hmm. like, Allah's going to see how grand my plans are and I'm going to be rewarded for that. Then you're trying to play the system, isn't it? <laughs> What I'm saying is obviously go hard, but also know that some of the things that you're doing that you may not enjoy, it's not all about enjoyability, yeah, right? 100%. It's not all about like what feels nice, what feels good. Some of it, like, you know, like for, for example, I used to have to go to the mosque with my parents to do that 20 rakat. Some of it didn't feel great, but I just refined my intention and I did it. And inshallah, we have a hope that even the things we don't enjoy, let's be honest, we don't enjoy cooking every day. We don't enjoy cleaning every day. I don't enjoy cleaning up after my kids every single day. But I, I do it with the hope that inshallah, I will be rewarded and I won't see the fruits of everything now. And I won't feel mm. the fruits of everything now either. Mm. Like, yeah, not, I, like a Mac, our dean is not McDonald's. Like, I do think also there's this like fine line that um, people can dip into of just being absent-minded from like the ritualization of things or like even the recitation of the Quran, like just because they have this objective to, to cram X, Y, Z in. And, and that's not to say that that makes um, the reward of reading that Quran redundant because Allahu alam. But mm. I think it would be like, I, I know m- me personally, um, at times when I'm putting myself back in from like having wandering thoughts while I'm reading Quran is to just kind of, with what's, 
like within my capacity to reflect on like the glory of Allah and like mm-hmm. um and as abstract as that might be just because I don't understand like the Arabic of it but it's very easy to slip into like that absent-mindedness especially when you have to when you're like ticking off those you know like goals so maybe mm-hmm. there's like a bliss point between them I don't know it's a it's a especially I, in Ramadan think, you don't want to let it go to waste like the whole like yeah reward I, I of think excitement. it for me personally it's about like am I pushing myself and like you said Shilu like going beyond what you think is in your capacity like Omar Suleiman was putting out put out a post early Ramadan and he was talking about how his mother would finish the Quran four times in a month and he was like you know we should we should be pushing ourselves and I think sometimes like especially in the backdrop of we're in a pandemic and you know you can sit and watch Netflix and you can you know take it easy and blah 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 like mm-hmm. the reality is we are in a in Ramadan in a pandemic and we should be trying to exert ourselves mm-hmm. and I think like our generation now sees that as like a harsh statement to be mm-hmm. like actually you should exert yourself and actually you should push yourself and actually you know you 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 know like my other sister she says like you should feel like you shouldn't have enough you haven't had enough sleep you know like because you're trying to maximize your worship whereas someone else might say actually sleep can be a form of ibadah like for someone like me Mm. i really struggle with lack of sleep which then has i can i can totally you know be testified yeah and then that has a knock-on effect to my ibad in the day whereas mm. someone else like my other sister's husband he generally has like a few hours sleep and he can function and so that's knowing like that's that fine line between knowing my capacity mm-hmm. versus what is like seen as exerting yourself mm-hmm. you know what when you when we you know i often use like you know we're striving we're trying when you actually Google the definition, and if you're listening to the Google the definition of strive and tell me what it says. I want you to both Google the definition of, of strive. Sarah, don't go for the first um, definition. Naf, tell me what the first definition is. Strive. No, no, because I have variety. What does var- strive it say? Mean make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. Sarah? Sorry, I'm understanding the Someone else said to make a strenuous effort. To try very hard to do something or to make something happen, especially for a long time or against difficulties. That, that definition that Sarah just used, when it says strive, in the Quran it uses the word strive quite a lot. And even in my speech I say, oh, I'm striving. But what is striving? Striving is mm. trying very, very hard to the point where it's actually... It's not just your standard quite, trying. No, it, it, to the point where it might be exhausted. It might even break you, right? But this is the thing, like, you know, like Naf said, you know what is within your capacity and what you are pushing beyond your capacity. Yeah, Yeah. I know if I'm coasting and I'm sailing, I know if, you know what, I'm doing a couple of rakah here, you know, I've got the kids, so it's hard. I'm reading two pages of Quran. Like, I'm doing a checklist. Like, yesterday, Mm -hmm. I did a checklist, and we should have that checklist of, you know what, every night I'm going to do an extra rakah, read a page of Quran, do a little bit with the kid but what would take you outside of that fold what would actually push you to a point where you're like rah like this is a lot you know i'm falling asleep i'm starting to you know when you read quran and you feel exhausted like your tongue is tired because you're you're especially me like my my arabic's not great so even when i read like two pages of quran i'm mentally quite exhausted Mm. but and then i stop it's like you know when you work out you have to go beyond the point where it is painful Mm. to really feel the burn to really get what you need out of that workout so i would say obviously yes we have the 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 rhetoric the language around yes be kind to yourself do not abuse yourself obviously but go hard yeah go hard yeah. i can't even go home because we're all in our homes isn't it little joke there go hard isn't it everybody yeah i remember when i went to the women's mosque in america and there was a speaker there and she was talking about how like she had the maddest life wasn't practicing all these things and then like started practicing started becoming a hafiz of the quran all these things and she was talking about how she did it in a very short period of time like Mm -hmm. i can't remember now but 
she was wow. saying how you know I had to sacrifice my sleep in like she when you're talking about striving I think of her because like she was really striving she'd be like you know every every minute every t- every car journey I was trying to read my Quran to memorize you know she was like I wasn't getting enough sleep and here had- I am every yeah and she was like you know I had to sacrifice my sleep I had to you know she was like I'd be falling asleep things like like and when you're talking about striving I thought of her because like she had set this goal and she genuinely had really strived for it mm-hmm. and and she obviously she had because she she had the actual output and I think sometimes I what I find difficult with the dean sometimes is this um like intention versus output because Mm. sometimes for example like the reason why I try and push myself to finish the Quran is because I'm like you can't always be sure of your intention across all of your deeds Mm. and so if you have some which are based on my intention is x but then some based on like the output of it if that makes sense does that make sense like for example her her intention was matched with the fact that she became a hafiz of the Quran. Mm-hmm. She memorized everything. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, she, even if she hasn't, hadn't, even if her intention went wary at some point, she. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promoting for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Output, if that makes sense. And I think sometimes, like for me personally, if I struggle with intention, then I try and... um, look at my output so for example with Tarawi, you know people say you know it's, it's best to like better to pray two rakars with amazing intention but I personally don't think my quality of salah is amazing you know I don't I personally don't think my quality of salah is amazing and so I feel like actually rather than being content with I tried to do two rakars really well trying to go for a, a more rakars if that makes sense and I, I don't know if this is the best strategy but I feel like for you you're like you know what my quality may not be on point but let me go for yeah. quantity but yeah. that's fine because that's something that you can push yourself towards yeah you know what yeah. I mean and vice versa right because if somebody's focusing on the quality and not the quantity then they can push themselves towards the quantity so it, really but it all goes all... back to you know yourself you, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know your capabilities you know when you're pushing beyond you know what I mean? You know when you're really, really pushing it as well. And, uh, okay, alhamdulillah, halaka. <laughs> First, underrated, while we're on, you know, we've been on a bit of an Islamic um, bandwagon here. Theme. Yeah, theme. Um, I My underrated this week is not really an underrated, but it's a shout out or like a little bit of a book review. I've Just like three books that I found really, really helpful. And if you are looking for some reading outside of the Quran during the last 10 days, these could be really helpful and beyond Ramadan as well, because these are books that I read really routinely and I also like explain where I read them and stuff. So the first one is Don't Be Sad by, I I really can't pronounce his name, but I'm going to give it a shot. Aida Ibn Abdullah Al-Qarni. And um, it is, I've got it as a PDF on my desktop and it is a anthology or I don't know if I would describe it as an anthology. It's, it's a essay based book on like all of the emotions that um, we feel as human beings. And he has like remedies for every single one of them. Um, and the whole book is called like, don't be sad. And it is basically about that, but it's, it's all of the, um, it's understanding 
sadness as an umbrella emotion of like all of these other really complex emotions and feelings that we are going through on a daily basis and um he's almost like i treat this book almost like as a dictionary of emotions and um like a like a bit of a medicine book because he has the direct hadith the direct quranic ayah like um and also like poetry from the time of the prophet and wise words that he's like extrapolated from like all parts of history and historical figures and everything directly like correlated with that emotion and yeah i keep it up on my desktop and i always and i have for a very long time and every time i'm feeling like a little bit of a trickling feeling i go to it i scroll to a random page and it's always been really helpful in the last 10 days um i have found it it's a bit of a difficult it's not like an easy read whereby like it's it has like necessarily like a flow or anything like that but mm. um it is really good for like having like forming some kind of connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it feels very very personal almost like a very mental mentee relationship um so that's my first book that I'd like to put out there my second one if you lot are looking for um some very um poignant helpful thras to recite in the last 10 days is um this book called prayers for forgiveness by imam hassan al-basri it's one i hold super super dear to my heart because of how it's it's translated obviously but subhanallah i feel like some of the um duas in that book you just end up reading it and you feel like oh my god this was written for me and it's very very like well written um, is it's, it it's the one with the Tazbi on it, Sarah? Yes, you can read you can read it in one sitting, and I would say that it's like one of the most comprehensive dialogue. Book. It really like speaks to your like heart and your personal journey. It takes you through one. If you bought it out in the last third of the night, for the last ten nights, I think that you would have like a real transformation. That's my personal opinion. Um, <laughs> and then the last one is um, just a shout out to someone that I've been following for a very long time on it, um, her blog. Um, her name is A. Helwa. She um, has an Instagram called Quran Quotes Daily, Instagram handle called Quran Quotes Daily. She just released this book called Divine Love, A Spiritual Journey into the Heart of Islam. And I found it a really beautiful read for Ramadan. So if you guys are looking for like um, a good like Eid gifts to, to buy somebody, um, check out her Instagram page. Uh, she's been like she's been writing this book for the longest time and she's built this real like community on Instagram um she's a beautiful writer mashallah and she yeah, she takes this very kind of um elevated spiritual approach to cultivating a relationship with Allah so that's my little book review shout out um yeah that was, I really like that one Sarah oh thank thanks you. no worries thank you so thank you babes can I add a book so yeah. My other sister actually bought me this ages ago and it's called Heart's Turn. Mm. And it's She um, bought you a book and she didn't buy me a book. She bought you something else, I remember. I lost uh, it. Heart's Turn, <laughs> Sinners, Seekers, Saints and the Road to Redemption. And it's based it's really easy to read because it's basically a series of this six part series, seven part series, sorry, and each part has like a short interview slash essay of someone who wasn't Muslim and their heart, heart turned oh, to Islam. Wow. And it's That's based such on... a beautiful idea. Yeah, and they're really, really easy to read. Next oh, time you can you um, please give me that book? It says, it actually says to Selena and Nafisa. <laughs> See? I knew it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just like reading one story a day because they're, they're quite, they're like a couple of pages each. Um, but they're really interesting and it just shows all the different ways some people have turned to Islam. There's this one guy, he was a pimp and he was like making bare money being a pimp. And then long story short, he ends up in prison. And then one of the guys in prison is like, why don't you fast this Ramadan? And he was like, mm, didn't really believe in it. Yeah. But then he started fasting. And then next thing you know, he comes out of prison. He's got a whole master. He got so many school credits in prison that he then goes on to get a PhD and a master's and everything. So, Honestly, it's... Oh my God, it's like my favourite themes ever. It's like Shawshank Redemption and spirituality all in You'd one. think it was fiction when you read it. That's my Eid present to myself because you've got the book. <laughs> no, I'll just share this to you. 
When though? When I next come to Iftar. But my nafs wants it now. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, my overrated for the speakers uh, being talented. No. Off the back of all of our other podcasts um, about internalised capitalism and productivity and rare, rare, rare. Well, regardless of that, we all know everybody's been baking and sewing and painting and everything. And um, yeah, I've tried my hand at a couple of other things. And um, I think I've practiced a lot of stuff. And I know this sounds super juvenile, but it I haven't been a kid for a very long, long, long time. Like I haven't been interested in doing a lot of things and I haven't been like merciful in the sense that like I haven't really been giving myself beyond like one or two chances to have a real go at something, to enjoy it or to get good at something before I'm like super self-critical and like tried my hand at watercolor and like sewing. I've got into embroidery and I've been practicing and I, I think like I've been getting a little bit, look, I did, I wanted to do show and tell my little flowers, my little watercolor flowers here. Oh my God, they're amazing. Well, listen, I didn't want to come off in here and brag or anything. They're not Can fantastic. I see it closer? Can yeah. you send me a picture on the WhatsApp group? I will do. Look, there's, that was supposed to be a geranium, but it's not. Now, listen, they're not fantastic. I think one thing I've learned in this process of, like, exploring hobbies and things that I enjoy and actually giving myself an opportunity to enjoy them is that your first draft of anything that you do doesn't have to be good. And if you suffer from perfectionism... So... I actually think we need to ban people saying I'm a perfectionist because I think that phrase gets banded around as a cover for procrastination. Oh, it, yeah, I've been reading a lot about the two and they're very, very intertwined. So like basically like, procrastination is the back end and, and perfectionism is the perfectionism. Yeah, perfection and like I speak, when I speak to people who have business ideas and I'm like, okay, you could do this, this, this to move forward. They're like, I'm just a per- perfectionist. And now I'm just going to say you're not, you're procrastinating. Why you've got you nothing that you've perfected for you yeah. to think you're perfect. Oh, I wish I could find the really it's all mired in fear. Um and so this um my friend's blog, they set this book called Um Bird by Bird, and the extract it's that it reads the first draft is the child's draft when you let it all pour out and then it let and then let it romp all over the place, knowing that no one is going to see it and that you can reshape it later. And then there's a method called fast, bad, wrong, and it's also like um from this other this other book and um it reads right fast right bad and right wrong terrible style terrible grammar terrible word choice wrong facts and that liberates you that liberates you to follow the narrative thread and just keep going and going with it and don't stop and backtrack because every time you stop it's like a car going down the highway it's easy to stop and then you have to spend all this fuel to get back up to speed and you might not get there you discover that start writing and start putting on the, that narrative thread. It's really surprising where it goes, but only if you go fast, not if you go slow. So that, I suppose, um, you know, trickles down into everything that we attempt. Um, mm. And that nothing has to be perfect. I don't know the whole song. You know most of it. Yeah, I, know. I told you I know the sounds of things. <laughs> Sarah I said to she knows, she knows Surah Bakra and she said, no, I know the tune for it though. <laughs> oh, and we know what she means. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. It's really simple, really quick. <laughs> <Too much. laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, my first one is a really quick underrated but I think what is underrated is um what's overrated is basically ornamental plants rubber plant aloe vera plant um but aren't they air purifying other plant every plant is air purifier yeah it will take out the bad and give you oxygen to some degree what I'm saying is if what I'm saying is it's wonderful that you have plants in your house big up to the masses but that is a whole industry in it house plants that is that is a separate industry mm. and if you're a plant lover what I really really urge you to do is actually start looking at your whole house as a greenhouse your home mm. is actually a greenhouse and it has ideal conditions a lot of your windowsills have perfect conditions to grow fruit and veg 
Where'd um, you get seed, Selena? From your food. And um, like Nafisa's windowsill in her kitchen, mashallah, mashallah, it is just in there now. So much goes there. So much so. That honestly, like, guys, it, it's a small windowsill. It's not big. It's tiny. Are you taking us to it? I am. So yeah, so for example, like if you're growing herbs, you know, make sure you're growing loads of herbs on your windowsill in your kitchen. Um, if you like, you're in your sitting room, like have a floral plant, you know, plant some seeds, let flowers grow, inshallah. If it's uh, like, you know what, what some plants look really, like I've, I, this is my problem, I'm sneezing, but just for the sake of my plants, this is my tomato plant that is Aww. in the room that work. Mm. Yeah. And it's a pretty plant. It adds a green to the room. This is a little chili plant. How did you, did you take a cutting chili or was it a seed? No, I just grow them from seed. This is about four um, peas and a sunflower. All right, this is why I'm sneezing, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, look at her windowsill. It's tiny, but she's got all these little tiny parts. So let's see. I bet you the two questions people have is like, where do I get pots from and where do I get soil? If you can't get pots, there's loads of lids and plastic things and stuff that we would have to recycle and throw away. Hold on to it. Keep it in your house, even glass jars. In terms of soil, does everyone remember the runner bean experiment at school what you, that you did with tissue roll? Yeah. No, but I, did no? yeah. I did cress instead. Yeah, so if you don't yeah, have soil, you if you don't have soil, you can try cotton wool and tissue roll for the moment. But, you know, you can order a lot of things online. So my underrated is, is just normal vegetable, fruit and flowering plants to keep in your home and to grow them from seeds. Um, Nafisa did a really good thing where she saved the seeds from her pepper, you know, like normal, like red, green pepper. And she planted them. I've never really planted like things from my fridge, like seeds from my mm. fridge. But I planted them and they are sprouting. They take a little bit longer to germinate, but they, they work. This is a pepper um, oh. plant, Sarah, from sweet pepper seeds that from just like your average. Oh pepper. wow, that's the one that you grew out of your seeds. Yeah, but look how long has that been? That's grown so like, much, mashallah. That's been like beginning of April, maybe. <gasps> that's grown so much. That's only been two months. Like, and then the next pepper, I used all the seeds. These are all individual pepper plants. Oh my god! Can't, wow. I can't see it now. Yeah. Yeah. And then this in here is some coriander seeds, just like Nuff, your average. Well, you know the pepper plants as they get bigger. Yeah, you should transplant them, and that should be your gift for for this year. Yeah, that's what I was gonna do. Put them in little things. This is chili plant Shilu gave me as a baby. It's still a yakult. baby, but it's it's a little yakult container. So this is peas. Oh, so yeah, my underrated is having fruit, veg and herbs in your home. Your home is literally like a greenhouse mm -hmm. and especially your windowsills. Um, so you don't need outdoor space to garden, you know, 100. And we're, a lot of us are urban dwellers. So take advantage. The next one is um, another underrated. And this might just be something that I think thought and maybe i'm just stupid but when i started practicing and i think it's maybe something that i perhaps had created in my head but you know when i, I first started practicing alhamdulillah all those many years ago um i i almost felt like i had to drop my own personality and like adopt this new muslimic personality that was like you know had to be pious and serious and or you know always in remembrance of god which inshallah like that's that stays always be in the remembrance of god but i felt like there was only one way to be a muslim mm. and alhamdulillah through my halakha group we've been um looking at a muslim series called the firsts and obviously we should all strive like the prophet muhammad peace be upon him he was sent as an example of the best of human of the best of um people and he was sent to us as an example to strive to become like him or you know in terms of like um following his sunnah following how he worshipped how he was god fearing how he was god loving all of those things but there were also other people sent to us example to allow us to accept the inherent parts of our own personalities so you know i might be a bit funny 
maybe that's my early maybe that's my um my opinion others may not agree but and Nafisa might be really um like uh, Aisha Sarah is very reflective mashallah um Nafisa is very um uh, I was gonna say very CEO-y but she's very like you know she's that person you know she's a doer she's a doer mashallah she's like Khadija she's a businesswoman there you go there you go there were lots of other people that were sent to us as an example you know Fatima radiallahu anhu please be pleased with her so, you know anyone that's listening to this podcast please forgive me i've got a bit of allergies i'm struggling to speak right now and she was actually really emotional fatima was quite emotional when you hear certain narrations like even the fact like the prophet muhammad peace be upon him, he used to get up when she entered the room you know you saw her relationship but i think a lot of that is also the prophet muhammad peace be upon him recognized what type of character she was and what type of personality she was if someone like if if i started getting up every time nafisa entered the room she's like what are you doing do you know what I mean? Whereas maybe if I did it for Sarah, Sarah would be like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Like, because we're all different personalities is what I'm trying to say. Um, for example, like Ali, he was a bit of a poet and he also had a quite a jokey relationship with the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. There was a narration where, are you laughing now about the miswak? Where basically um, Fatima was using a miswak and Ali started a poem, um, which basically said how jealous he was of the miswak. Because the miswak was in the mouth of his wife. And he was like, if it was like a person, I would fight it. And like, that's, imagine if your husband said that, you would laugh in it. And then yeah. there was one time Ali left the house and he went to the mosque to sleep. And he took his shirt off and it was like on him. And the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he went to um, Fatima. And he had heard that they had had an argument. And he said, um, on this occasion, he didn't say husband. But he said, where's your cousin at? Like where's your cousin at? And he didn't say husband on purpose because she knew that he was. She he knew she was upset with him. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Oh, he's at the mosque, rare, rare. So the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him saw Ali in the mosque lying on the floor, and he walked to, up to him and he saw his his back was bare, dusty, like <laughs> bare dirt from the mosque. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, Ali, the father of dirt." Yeah, <laughs> he came to Ali like as a joke, and he didn't even ask like what's happened. He just said, "Just go home to your wife, and it just go home to your wife." And, you know, when you start actually really studying the personalities, the, like, we're all smiling, right? We're laughing. Because they, like, it's just weird to think that they had banter. There, there was bare banter. Like, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he used to wake up Fatima and um, Ali for Fajr. And one time he didn't. Mm-hmm. And one time they didn't wake up. And then when he saw Ali, he was like, oh, yeah, I tried to wake you up, but you didn't wake up. And then Ali had banter. And he was like, yeah, but if Allah wanted to wake us up, he would have woken us up in it. <laughs> Just to let you guys know, I'm not very, like, it's not that I'm very knowledgeable enough. I'm literally listening to these YouTube videos. Um, and Mahalika, they relay um, some of these stories as well. But I just feel like, I feel seen. I feel like it's okay to be who mm. you are fully. Like, you can be funny, serious, introvert and extrovert. Whatever these many jewels of your personality are, it's fine to have all those things as long as you use them for good you know what i mean don't be excessive in anything don't be joking all the time like me um have balance in your character as well so yeah i just want to say you know the diversity in islamic personalities is underrated yeah totally um and this whole one way to be muslim Mm -mm -mm. that's it that's not underrated my next one is um what's overrated and it goes diametrically opposite to what i've kind of just said to some degree but it is feel good factor islam and youtube islam and i was talking to my friend g uh, some people might see him on social media he um is either gills i'm not sure if i'm allowed to give his government name so i won't but g and me sometimes like we have these little conversations and stuff about um basically like social media the dean all of these things he was like one of our top 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 like team members for street eats halal gems mashallah that's where i really got to see like his character but recently we were talking about basically feel good factor islam and it just made me think about how we're nurturing our own islamic knowledge and our and we talk about like sustainability and so many different areas of our life right environment this that but is your pursuit of the deen sustainable? And what I mean is like these YouTube videos, mashallah, they're fantastic. These little reminders on social media are lovely, but do they serve any more than just being iman boosts? 
mm-hmm. and hooks to us furthering our knowledge do you know what i mean and what does actually sustainability in our pursuit of iman and deen look like and i think sometimes some of us we we become quite deflated quite quickly like oh yeah i'm not watching enough youtube videos and those things aren't working for us anymore and there's a re- reason for that they weren't meant to serve as educational like foundations for our deen for our iman and i was just thinking like what's the plan beyond what is the plan beyond me listening to omar Suleiman's angel series beyond ramadan me like what does study look like and i think what we often do is we make ourselves all these mini courses like these curate these little courses but it's not enough like it's nice to get these social media reminders but it's not enough even the articles we have on amalia it's not enough i was gonna add to that shalom um twitter threads as well like they're not enough you can't be going to allah and saying yeah but this twitter thread told me yeah but this instagram grid told me that's not enough and i think what i would encourage all of us to do and it's a big reminder to myself is seek out and find halakas they exist and you know where they are especially in this time ask your friends ask groups that you're part of there's loads online now that is available alhamdulillah seek out a teacher find a sheikh look at courses whatever it is like one of these things is within your means and you know what some of them if they do charge and you really can't afford it email them and ask them tell them like your situation like i really would like to pursue the path of knowledge but currently i'm unable to pay for it you never know they might actually say you know what fine there might be some form of subsidy something around there but i feel like we need to start moving away from this youtube islam like obviously still take go there for reminders and stuff when you support it with like something that is like long term you know a long-term course something that you're really going to study inshallah like if you want to be a lawyer you're not like right going to look at bare youtube videos every day and become a lawyer you might be able to have a lot of knowledge very on that good area, point. Very good point. but you're not going to ever become a lawyer so mm. to speak so you know if we're going to become students of knowledge let's really pursue it and have a proper plan um inshallah and even me like i have not done a course in ages and i'm like i really need to just follow a proper course that's it that's a wrap for two cents ramadan edition like nafisa said we're all going to be um away for the last 10 days so we wish everybody um a very peaceful blessed last 10 days of ramadan and safekeeping and prayers for all of your loved ones um please keep the amali team in your du'as as well and we'll see you on the other side inshallah bye peeps salam planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.